Welcome to Mad Lit Musings, a podcast with Jamie Jo Wright, where we go deeper and ask the tough and dangerous questions. Today's episode is sponsored by Ravel and Bethany House Publishers, which are divisions of Baker Publishing Group. Find out more at bakerpublishinggroup.com. Hello, everyone. It is Jamie Jo Wright here, and today I have the enigmatic, amazing, awesome writer, Amanda Cox with us. Hi, Amanda. Hi. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to chat with you today. I'm super excited to chat with you. You are a multi-Christie award-winning author, and I remember being there when you won some of them, and it's always a surprise when, when you win, and it's exciting, so... Congratulations on that. If I haven't Thank actually you. said it face to face. Thank you. Thank you. It was definitely exciting and unexpected and all of those things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but well, well-deserved, well-deserved. Um, and I know I'm going to mess up the title of, of one of the novels with the country depot. How, what's that title again? This, the longest title ever. <laughs> the secret keepers of old depot. Grocery. Yes. I think I have called that book like everything under the sun and I just started to call it the Old Depot book. That's that's what I call it usually. Yeah, the Old Depot book. But that is such a great story. I had a friend of mine who um she she's from my church and she read the book. She's like, "Have you read the Old Depot book?" And I'm like, "It's on my to be read." She goes, "Move it to the top." <laughs> so I did, but then I never got to it, and so I just turned the audiobook on. And every night before bed, I listen to an audiobook and it puts me to sleep. You had me up so late, so many <laughs> nights. I would I, say sorry about that, but I guess yeah, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. It's called a success story if you're the author. Cause yeah, yeah. I lost sleep over your book and it's not like scary or suspenseful or, or anything <laughs> like that. It's just one of those books where you just have to know what's going to happen next with the characters. So. so that's a plug for the secret keepers of the old country depot close close oh i was not quite the secret keepers of old depot grocery oh see i was close you were yeah you were close you were were country depot Depot. well it's in the country so what's with the depot now i'm oh we have a country depot that's probably why (laughs) there you go we have one outside of town that when i was a kid we used to go pick up all the supplies for our goats we had goats and rabbits we went to the depot I bet oh, you that's nice. why. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> you're like, okay, Jamie, stop talking now. It's like crazy. <laughs> but you have a new book that is just yeah. hitting shelves, which is also a really cool title. And it's, he should have told the bees. So right there, I have so many questions, but why don't you <laughs> tell us a little bit about this story? Okay. So it's a story that is about uh, two women who lives are kind of thrown together in an unexpected way when they are both named on one man's trust um, for a farm. And one woman knows exactly why she was named in the trust. It's his faithful daughter who has kept bees alongside him her entire life, was raised just him and her. Um, So she knows she, this is an expected thing, um, but she's pretty surprised when she finds a stranger is named. Mm. Uh, Callie Peterson is, um, it's is equally confused because this man is a stranger to her um, and she's had a pretty unstable upbringing. Um, her mother struggles with alcoholism. And so in a lot of ways, she's been that caregiver role for her mom. And so 
she's always been striving to have stability in her life. Like that's just Mm -hmm. been her goal that she's really, really wanted. Um, But every time she's almost there to this new place that she wants to be, her mom kind of has a way of like finding her way back into her life. And so again, she's struggling because she really loves her mom, really wants to help her, wants good things for her, but also is trying to figure out those boundaries of like, where, where do I help mom? And where do I kind of try to have a life? And so when she's named on the trust, she thinks, well, what if this was my opportunity to help my mom with her rehab that she's trying to get into and be able to start my store that I've been um, trying to get up and going. Um, But then she meets Beckett, the beekeeper, and she starts to question, how much right do I have to rob somebody else of their stability Mm -hmm. um, to get my own? And so it kind of throws them together. And so these two uh, women are kind of um, figuring out why yeah. their lives have been thrown together um, and learning a lot about themselves and a lot of healing and hope found along the way. Yeah. Oh, that sounds really fascinating. Cause yeah, that would be really irritating as a daughter to suddenly find out that there's this stranger that's coming in really into everything you hold dear and precious and saying, Hey, I lay claim to 50% of it. And her father was always this really strong source of like security for her, always made her feel safe. There were a lot of things in her life that she struggled to feel safe in life, but her dad was like the source of safety and stability and security. And so it's at Mm -hmm. the point of his unexpected death that he's kind of left her vulnerable. And so she's really struggling with like the grieving process, of course, as well as trying to like, okay, dad, like what is up with these decisions that you've made that left everything we've built together a vulnerable mm-hmm. like left it vulnerable yeah and I suppose she asks the questions too of was everything that we even had as a relationship real authentic true and all those other questions which is not something you want to grapple with while you're grieving right yeah wow okay so bees we have bees in the story lots yes. of bees and I have questions about that but how do you um the bees fit in with the title like he should have told the bees like are the bees like a symbolic of the father or how does that work into the story okay so I really love bees I keep bees as a hobby Um, and as I learned about bees before I kept bees uh, one thing that I really loved is that bees are this female red run society right Um, and so it was you know it's a women's fiction book and so having those worker bees and the queen bee are all women and so it was really fun to kind of weave in some symbolism between the drama that is going on between these two women and kind of like the drama that happens inside a beehive Mm -hmm. Uh, because it's fascinating the social structure that happens in a hive is just wild um so that was a lot of fun the title comes from this old tradition that if anything of importance happens in a household you are supposed to tell the bee particular tell the bees so particularly if the beekeeper dies um, you were supposed to go and inform the bees. And so that's kind of where the title came from. And so they, so when it says he should have told the bees, um, the opening chapter has um, Beckett out in the hives telling the bees of her father's passing. Mm-hmm. And so then she realized, as she's starting to discover things that are going on, she's like, dad, you always asked me, you know, I did, she didn't really necessarily believe in his superstitions about the bees. Right. Um, but she, it was something he asked for. He's like, you, he always said, like, if something ever happens to me, please go and tell the bees there. You wanted me to tell the bees this. Why have you left all of these things oh, that you yeah. have not told? Yeah. And so oh, interesting. that's kind of how that Where did that tradition ever come from. I've never heard of that. It started, I believe it's an, like an 
old English tradition. So when Queen Elizabeth passed away, they actually had the the royal beekeeper. They have a royal beekeeper and went out and like informed the bees that she passed. And they've really? done some articles about that. So it's this really old, there's so many cool um, like folklore and legends about yeah. bees that like, if you don't tell the bees that the bees could die or the bees will leave or yeah. things like that. Oh, that's so fascinating. Now, my dad had a couple of beehives. Um, so I have a very tiny minuscule relationship with bees. But uh, the, the funny story is my mom and dad moved from their country home. So the bees had to go bye-bye. And um, they moved into town into the subdivision where everything's, you know, everybody cuts their grass at the same time and keeps everything perfect at the same time. And she, my mom would drive her neighbors crazy because she would not mow the lawn when the dandelions were in full bloom. And they would be like, you need to mow your lawn. This is ugly. And she's like, but the bees, the bees <laughs> need the flowers. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true, though. I know. They're especially like in that early spring when the clover is blooming in your yard and the dandelions, yes. like it really is very helpful to them. It is. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure her neighborhood was. <laughs> they weren't really pleased with dandelion harvesting, but you know, <laughs> I also learned as a kid in the country that you don't run barefoot across the yard when the dandelions right. are, are in full bloom because you will get stung on the bottom of your foot. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. My children, because especially because I have beehives in my backyard, oh, yeah. we, I don't have a ton of dandelions, but I have a ton of clover and okay. they, they refuse to learn. They, they won't learn that lesson. They, yeah. They're like, mom, no. I just got stung by a bee. I'm like, were you barefoot in the yard again? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, that happens. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay. So when you look at this story and you look at the the lives of these two women, obviously we, we won't go into the spoilers of why their lives are intertwined and all of that, because I'm sure that's the majority of the book. But um, what are some of the deeper themes that you felt were important to bring out in their lives that can, um, yes, entertain us as readers, but also make us think as readers and, and things that we can internalize ourselves? So some themes that were really important for me um, was the idea of mental health and the way that therapy and faith can blend together in a very beautiful way. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes people can be on one side or the other of those two right. things. And so I really wanted to take some time and dig into how those things can go together beautifully in to the character's overall um, growth and development. Um, I also really, particularly with Callie, she's a character who in the story, she has strong faith, but at the same time struggles with trust mm -hmm. and trusting God because she, as a child, she always had to trust herself. Like that was mm -hmm. the only person she could rely on. Um, and so taking some time and just thinking and thinking through with the character, sharing with readers, the ways that our early childhood experiences can impact the way that we see God and how we relate with God. Um, yeah. And so Callie has some frustrations with herself because sometimes she's like, I know I should trust God in this situation, but like, I'm also holding on to this with both hands and learning how um, to trust and have grace for herself in that process mm -hmm. of trusting God. Because sometimes we, as you know, Christians, we don't have grace for ourselves when we're right. kind of in the process we see where we should be and we're like this is where i should be and when we're not there we can get very you know down on ourselves mm -hmm. and um paralyze ourselves in some ways because we have because we're we feel shame about where where we are instead right. of 
recognize that God has grace and understanding for where we are. Yeah. I think that plays a lot into the mental health um, concept too, because there is kind of that lifelong battle within the faith world of you have to have faith and your mental health might be because of a lack of faith or et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so then even I think within the the Christian world, so to speak, going to therapy is sometimes considered a, a sign of lack of faith or, mm-hmm. or something like that. And we need to have that grace with each other and ourselves, like you were saying. And I think it's hard to have grace for oneself. Yeah. Why I at least that? struggle with that pretty, you know, more than others. I think, yeah, you know, I tend to be pretty hard on myself. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's personality type too, though. Cause I was just actually talking to my daughter this morning and she was talking about um, how she messed up this or she messed up that. And she doesn't want to do this anymore because she always messes it up. And I'm like, but do you enjoy doing it? And she's like, well, I love doing it. I just mess it up. So I'm not going to do it anymore. And I'm kind of like, but why would you cheat yourself out of something you love? And she goes, but why would I do something I love and watch myself mess up? And I was like, wow, I don't even know how to respond to that. You know, it's, it's can be tough and it can be frustrating and makes me think of that scripture where Paul talks about like that, you know, I see the things that I want to do and you know, that, that back and forth and like that wrestling of like, okay, like I want to do this thing, but I mess up at this thing. And right. Right. So what are ways that you explored the concept of having grace for yourself? Like, did you, as you wrote the story, did you uncover, um, you know, even tiny little epiphanies of, wow. I can apply grace in this area or here's something that I learned. Um, one way that I kind of approach it, approach it is, so you have these two women and they both have had some traumatic experiences in their past. Um, and you could try to look at one or the other and say, which one of them, you know, had it worse. Um, in a lot of ways, you know, Beckett has had this idyllic life on this farm. Mm-hmm. And then Callie has been, had no structure no stability. And so you could kind of look and be like, oh, she had it worse. But the thing is, is in a lot of ways, it pushes Callie to, pushes her to deeper faith and it pushes Mm -hmm. her um, to getting help with her, the things that she struggled with. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so one way that I approach it is, you know, Beckett hasn't had that journey yet. And so Mm -hmm. when they're meeting each other and they're starting to get to their relationship unfolds a little bit, she's able, Beckett kind of says, well, how, how did, how did you get to the point that you're at? now Mm. because she kind of sees Callie as down the road a little bit further um and it was you know she has a conversation with her about you know you're seeing one version of the picture but you know there is grace that is there and in that space of grace like that's really where God can do some really cool work with our broken pieces Mm. is if we enter into that grace that he has and see that it's there and be embraced by that yeah um and then the growth can happen in that place. Um, but I think it's, you know, for, like I said, I can be pretty hard on myself. And so it's an ongoing learning experience for me. And so like getting to work with these characters as their story progress are kind of, you know, good reminders for me Yeah, um, Yeah. that this is also true for me. Cause sometimes we know things that are true, but sometimes really fully embracing those truths for ourselves in the day to day and walking in those truths can be a different, a different layer, a different layer. And do you find when you write those types of themes into your books and your stories that two things happen? One, God starts to put things in your life that make you personally have 
to deal with those things. And then two, you actually start holding yourself accountable to address those things because you're writing it for other people to do it. So it seems kind of hypocritical <laughs> if you don't yourself. Right. Right. And you're like, sometimes you become even a, like a little more aware of something. Yeah. You're just like, oh yeah, that, yep. that thing I told my character <laughs> that she needed to work on, that might be something uh, today. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of funny how, how life, I mean, I think, what is that phrase? Like, I'm going to murder the phrase, but like life, life resembles fiction or fiction resembles life or something like, and I think that's why fiction is, is in so many ways, strikes a chord in people's hearts when they're reading because they're like this is actually not too far from the truth this could really happen <laughs> yeah <laughs> especially in your genres I think your genre is one where um, it takes people deeper into that more introspective thought process of the internal struggle um, that goes on with characters as they're facing the external pressures of what's happening in their life so okay so bees let's talk bees for a little bit more I want to go back to bees how do you, are you one of those people that will look at a bee and then have um, spiritual correlations? Like my mom would look at eagles and she would be like, oh, the, the, the soaring of the wings and eagles is like, you know, the scripture verse. And she got so many parallels between faith and an eagle. Do you do that with bees? Um, uh, yeah, a little bit. I, I know definitely when I'm working with bees, there's just a different, there's just a piece about it. Um, okay. But my big story, I would say, about bees in this book and the way that God used bees in my life okay. um, with this book is this. So the year that I wrote my bees, my bees that had overwintered died. Both oh. of my highs, they were gone. And so I, the year that I wrote my book with my beekeeper, my highs were empty. And I didn't replace them because we were supposed to travel. Those travel plans got canceled. And so I sat there looking out the window the entire time that I wrote this book with empty hives. Oh. And I struggle with this book for probably a lot of reasons there. I think I challenged myself in some new ways, writing wise. Um, mm -hmm. But I think I didn't really want to admit it at the time, but I think part of it was because I felt like a failure as a beekeeper and I'm oh, writing this book okay. about a beekeeper. Like I didn't want to admit that to myself at the time. And I didn't sure. see that at the time. Um, but you know, I tried to maybe lure some like homeless bees to my hive. It didn't work. So anyway, the story just like in my mind, it felt like a symphony, but mm. I don't know if you've had this experience, but when my hands were on the keyboard, it was just like Mary had a little lamb on an out of tune piano. That's what oh, writing mm. felt like. Yeah. Um, and so anyway, whole process was tough with this book. And then the next spring, the year that this was, the book was coming out, I got bees again. And I had ordered the bees like a year in advance. And you know, you never know when an advanced reader copy is going to come. Right. The same exact same day that my bees arrived, my advanced reader copy of this book arrived. You're kidding. And I like was so emotional about it uh, <laughs> because it was like, to me, it was like this message from God. Like you mm -hmm. didn't need the bees to write this book. And I was with you when the highs were empty and I am with you when the highs are full, like oh. either way. And it was like this, just this trust because writing the book was a huge trust because I struggle with it so much as I was mm -hmm. writing and I'm putting these scenes down. I'm like, I don't know how this comes together, but it was like the step-by-step -step trust of him where I could mm -hmm. just see the steps right in front of my feet. Yeah. Um, and so 
like when you look, you know, sometimes you look back mm -hmm. on a story and you see these themes that are written into the story that maybe you didn't really intend to write into the story, right. but these themes of trust are in this book. And it just reflected the way that God was teaching me to trust in a different, like a different mm -hmm. facet in a different way. Um, but yeah, those bees coming the day the book came, it was just like, it was That's very cool. sweet. It was just very, very sweet. Yeah. Yeah. No, that is really, that is really a sweet moment. And it's one of those things too. When you look at, I remember my dad when, when the hives and they, they'd um, uh, harvest the honey and the honeycomb and everything. And it was just, when you use the word sweet, it means a whole lot more when you're thinking of it in terms of bees and the honey that they produce and all the health benefits and everything that comes from the honey and the healing. And so, yeah, an empty hive versus a live hive has so much depth to it when you think about what's produced yeah. there and how that parallels our spiritual walk. That's cool. And then you get your ark on the day that you get your bees. On the day. Like it was, I had just gotten the bees into their hive when the UPS truck came down my drive with the book. And I'm just like, You've got to be kidding me. That this is, is the so coolest cool. thing that ever happened. <laughs> that is so cool. <laughs> so do you make your bees pose with your book now? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you sit over here and you buzz over here. <laughs> like holding it up there. Yeah, exactly. Like this crazy lady with her book. I don't I know. know. Yeah. Messing yeah. Mess around with us again. <laughs> what got you into um, bees as a hobby? I've always been just really fascinated with them. Um, but I, I have to go back to some point in my childhood writing, reading, sorry, I can't talk, You're watching <laughs> fried green tomatoes at the whistle stop cafe. And it has mm -hmm. itchy thread good and calls her the bee charmer and just seeing her like, I would never be reaching into some wild hive to get honey. I'll tell you right now, I'm kind of a chicken. I'm all the way suited up. Oh yeah. But anyway, something about that and just the concept of being able to charm bees mm -hmm. uh, was just fascinating to me. So it's been one of those things that's always been kind of in the back of my mind for a while. And um, I got kind of, sometimes I will go into a deep dive of researching some random thing and it happened to be bees a few years back. And I just decided, I'm like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get so all the cool. equipment and I'm going to get the bees and I'm going to be brave. Um, because it's a whole different thing, but to look at how to keep bees on the internet, as opposed mm -hmm. to, um, actually having, oh, I'm sure a, a box full of bees a that you've got to put into a hive. I was going to say, how do you even put up like, oh, the bees have arrived. What do you do with them? <laughs> what do you do with them? Just let them out into the air? Or is there like a science? I'm sure there's a science behind having them adopt the queen, home. the queen bee is kept in a little she's separate in a little queen cage and okay. so the hive as they've traveled they are they adjust to her smell and they know her smell and so when you put that um, into the hive and so there's candy in there so it takes her a few days to eat the candy to get okay. fully out into the hive um, but as she's doing that the bees begin to like work and make this their home while she's working her way out of that box that is phenomenal that's just so phenomenal now I now I need to go study bees <laughs> <laughs> they're so fun they're so yeah. like they're so intricate and like everything about what they do it's just it amazes me yeah that is that is interesting I I'll, I'll mention too I was watching I was doing the bad thing I was sitting on TikTok doing the you know let's scroll and, and get our dopamine fix for the day um but there was this guy on there and he has a channel where he like he's like a bee charmer and he was talking about swarms and he showed himself there's this tree and this entire branch is weighted down because there were literally 
millions of bees hanging off this. And he goes up and he starts to cut down the branch because he's going to rehome these bees. He's wearing nothing but a flannel shirt and blue jeans, no gloves, nothing. I'm like, did he come away with a gazillion stings or did they just love him so much they trusted him implicitly? I don't know how that works. But. Worms can be pretty gentle, but I would, you would never see me doing that. <laughs> no, never, no. ever, ever. No, have to have at least 12 EpiPens in your pocket too, just in case. <laughs> yeah, just in case. Just in case. I mean, even if you're not allergic, if, you know, they, right. they, they decide they're not, you know, they're not feeling gentle that day. <laughs> I don't want to be there for that day. <laughs> yeah. And they, they, they do kind of do things in societies, right? So if one of them decides that you're evil, they all decide that you're evil. <laughs> <laughs> Especially uh, when you start cutting down the branch they're on, you know. Right. That, know. that could be a problem. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It, it was interesting. It, it was probably the most enlightening 30 seconds of my day yesterday. <laughs> all all in preparation for this interview. So there we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is great. So, um, okay. So he should have told the bees is out. People can order it. Um, for those listening, that you can go to Baker Publishing or bakerbookhouse.com and you can get the book at 40% off if you use the code MADLIT and that will get you it for 40% off and free shipping. Um, if you don't have the code, you can still get it there. I think they still have it on sale for probably 30% off. Yeah. Um, which is great about Baker Bookhouse. I love Baker Bookhouse for that. It's so cool. They're the best. So you're definitely going to want to rush out and get this. And then um, if you're not already following Amanda on social media and websites and newsletters and all that, what's the best way for them to find you? Hey, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Amanda Cox Writes. And then my website is amandacoxwrites.com. And so there's, and you can sign up for a newsletter and get a free short story on there and see what all I've written and what's going on. All the new stuff is always up there. Sounds great. Sounds great. Well, Amanda, this was a blast having you on and talking about bees and honey and mental health and all the great things that I know you're going to weave into your book. So that will be a treasure hive. See what I did there? A treasure <laughs> hive of stories. <laughs> but thanks well, for being thank here. you for letting me, thank you for letting me be nerd with you for a little bit, because, you know, anyone who will listen to me nerd out about bees I make them listen to me <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome so well we didn't break into all the bee puns but that's the buzz y'all thanks for being <laughs> here Amanda <laughs> thank you again for having me Thank you for listening to Madlit Musings. You can find out more information about Madlit and all that it has to offer at madlitmentoring.com. That's madlitmentoring.com. Or check out more about Jamie Jo Wright at jamiewrightbooks.com.